Please pause for an important directive from Dr. Morgenstern, Chief of Surgery at County General Hospital. This episode contains heavy themes and serious content. Listener discretion is advised. All stories shared in this podcast have been altered to protect the identity of our patients and colleagues. Any perceived medical advice from the show should not be used for real-life medical concerns. Always consult your personal physician before proceeding with any new practice or treatment. This podcast will include spoilers for the episodes we are discussing, but there will not be any future episode spoilers. Thank you. Welcome back to ERD Brief Podcast, where two emergency room nurses discuss the hit 90s TV show ER. We are your hosts, Melissa and Julie, and today we will be discussing episode 10 of season 2. Hey, Julie! Melissa, what's up? Hey! (laughs) Uh, Not much. Um, I did tell you before we started recording that I have a... Um, more to tell you about my romance novel story. Oh my god, and... I can't. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> so tell me, I tell feel me, like me. I should continue. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, All please. Right. So I have now read six books in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the update. I read the entire series. <laughs> That's so um, good. <laughs> so I'm a little sad because it's over. But um, oh I definitely am going to continue reading um this writer also has like multiple other series so i did start another series uh, as well so i'm a few pages into the next series but anyway i <laughs> the thing i wanted to tell you is that okay so not only have i just been like ignoring editing the podcast or basically living my life in any way shape or form yeah i've just been reading and going to work that's about all i have been doing <laughs> Um, and I have finished the most books I've ever finished in such a short period of time and I started the next series but I definitely have gone a little insane I bought a Kindle in which to read my books (laughs) oh my god okay I have a question what do you mean you've started the next series so this writer her yes. name is Lexi Ryan, in case anyone's interested. Um, <laughs> she she has, like, I guess she, she's probably been writing romance novels for quite some time. So she has, like, previous series of books. So uh. she... Yeah, so this, the one that I'm reading, the one that I showed you, this is the first book that I read of hers. Yes. Um, with the lovely lady wrapped in the yeah. very muscular man's arms. Yes. So that is her <laughs> latest series is the, uh, what is it called? Um, the Oh, the Boys of Jackson Harbor. Sorry. <laughs> It's worse than I Okay, The Boys think. of Jackson Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So Got it. Got that's it. That's the series I just finished. The Boys of Jackson okay, Harbor. Okay, okay. Um, All right. And so that's her re- most recent series. So then there's previous ones. So the one I'm reading now, or that I just started, is The Blackhawk Boys. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so far I don't like it as much. I do have to say... Uh, the boys okay. of Jackson Harbor were a little bit, I think, just like 
more mature maybe i don't know older i guess they're like in their like late 20s early 30s okay as okay. the black hawk boys <laughs> so bad. you're just the listening to yourself boys. now oh yeah <laughs> um they are younger like they're in university um so they are considerably younger and it's just like i don't know it's so far, it's a lot more like the main character guy. His name is Arrow. And he is, like, he's on Arrow. house arrest. I know. Terrible name. He's on house Ugh. arrest. And, okay. like, he was just recently in prison, and we don't really know why yet. And oh. he, like, I don't know. There's, like, a little <laughs> bit more, like, soap opera-y drama in this that I just don't really appreciate. Mm. Um so mm-hmm. I, I'm not, not enjoying mm-hmm. it as much, but I do think I will get into it. I like has started to get a little intrigued <laughs> in the story, so uh, <laughs> so there's that. But oh but yeah, God. I bought a Kindle. This is how ridiculous this is getting. Is I bought a Kindle. <laughs> I went from like not reading a word ever to owning yeah. a Kindle. <laughs> so in two weeks. <laughs> This escalated um, real quick, real, real quick. quick. Yeah, and you know what? I, I absolutely mean, love the Kindle. I have to say, I've had it for like three days. Okay, it's so yeah. light. It's so light. Yeah, and I like because I was reading on my iPad, and yeah, I found the iPad just like the screen would like yeah. hurt my eyes after Hurts a while. Your eyes. Whereas this mm-hmm. is like it looks like a book. Um, you can turn on the backlight if you're like reading in the dark, but, um, you don't really need to. And so, yeah, like it's, it's wonderful and you don't get any notifications. So it's not like, oh, someone texted me and you get distracted. Right, 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 right. That is really good. You just read. So, and a single charge is supposed to last a whole week. So, um, so Kindle, if you want to sponsor our podcast, I <laughs> can definitely do that. Melissa ad. is your girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I've thought about it. I've really thought about getting an e-reader because you can rent um, or borrow, rent. You can yeah. get books from your, lo- like, local library on yes. those. I'm pretty sure. So that's really cool. And also, just for traveling purposes, it's so good. You don't have to bring, like, three books with you that weigh a ton. Totally. Um, you can just bring your Kindle. I actually struggled with that a lot because I, before we, I left to come to England, I bought a ton of new books because I was, we were in lockdown, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to read all these. And, of course, like, I just historically buy lots of books and then never read them because I never sit down to read right ever like but although I will tell you now I got our local library app and I have like this is also for anybody listening to this check out your local library if they have an online like if you have an online library card you can sign up I signed up with ours for free and then I can listen to audiobooks so I have been listening oh. to audiobooks on my commute cuz my commute is basically like 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. to get to work so I've been just listening to audiobooks oh, the whole genius. time it's fantastic yeah I listened to The Skin We're In by Desmond Cole this mm. week yeah 
And it was so good. So good. Huh? It's an amazing book. And I actually, I really liked Desmond Cole for a long time. He's a Canadian journalist in Toronto. Right. Um, and so he wrote this book. And I feel like he's written a few other books. But he had a column in Toronto for a long time. But anyways, um, his book was really good. And so now I've been listening to audiobooks because I, it's not sustainable for me to buy books and read them anymore. And that is so sad. And I never thought I would come to this point. Yeah. But I feel like with audiobooks, it's basically like listening to a really long podcast. So I'm really into yeah. it. It makes reading more sustainable to me, which is so sad because I don't know how our lives have gotten so busy that we can't even sit down to read a book. But I get so distracted. I get so distracted. Except when I'm on vacation. If I am on vacation and on a beach I can sit down and read or like Christmas vacation when there is nothing to do I can sit down and read anyways I've really gone on a tangent and taken away from your story with the Kindle because I do want no it's very I want a Kindle you should get a Kindle yeah because there's very little distraction in it I do find because I did not like reading for all the reasons you just said like first off I'm a super slow reader so I found it frustrating and then I can like listen to an audiobook way faster than I can read. And I don't like to just sit still. I don't do that very yes. well. And so like I like listening to an audiobook while I'm cleaning or like going for a walk or doing yes. something. So yeah, I agree with you. But I have actually found it super nice mm. to just like sit in my bed or like on my couch or whatever and just read. And I, like, put my devices in a different room oh. um, so that all I do is just sit there and read. And it's really great. And I think if you really enjoy the book, it's easier to do. And I think there's, like, a competition aspect for me. Like, I think this is part of why I feel really good about having read all these books. Like, even though they're stupid, very easy to read books and they're, like, maybe 300 pages. They're not long yeah. books. But I read very slowly, and I think that's always been, like, a huge insecurity for mm, me because um, yeah. it's been a struggle my whole yes. life. So I think that actually just, like, not comparing myself to with, with how fast other people are reading, this would always be a problem, is if, like, I started reading a book that somebody else was reading, and they finished it, and I was, like... Yeah not even a chapter in or whatever I would be like oh my god I suck so much or like reading an actual book I get upset with myself because I'm like oh my god I'm only a quarter of the way in I've been reading for hours right like and you'd see other people who could just like burn through a book in a day right and that is just not me and so I would judge myself based off of where it looked like I was in a book whereas on the kindle you have no freaking idea like it'll tell you what page you're on but it's not that visual, like, I'm not even halfway. Oh, my God. I'm not even a quarter of the way. Oh, my God. Like, there's just, I don't know. There's a mental game that I play with myself, and maybe that's just me. But, like, there's this mental game that makes me discouraged about reading all the time. Whereas yeah. I find that the Kindle takes that away because it's just one piece of technology. Yes. Like, there's nothing to judge myself on. Yes. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm really digging it. I think you should get it. Although I did do a lot of research on the Kindle. So if you are looking into an e-reader, yeah. you should not get the Kindle if you are wanting to borrow from the library. Yeah. It does not support that function. So if you are wanting to borrow from the library, you should get a Kobo. Okay. 
Yeah. That's, but I've I heard. I just find that, like, yeah, the Amazon books, they're, like, 10 bucks is, like, the most expensive one I've come across so far. I just got, like, you can actually get, um, at, like, Kindle Unlimited or Amazon Unlimited or something or Reading Unlimited. I don't know what it's called. Um mm-hmm. And it's like $10 a month and you can read as many books as you want. Okay. I just like, I know that I'm never going to read that many books. So like, I won't sign up for that. But I mean, maybe if I am reading all of these books. You never books know. Constantly. You never know. <laughs> um, but like, these books are like $5 a book. So like, to me, I'm just like, that's worth it. I'll just buy them. Yes. So I don't even think about it. I just bought like a few other ones from like different um, authors, which oh, I'm branching out on my romance novels. Um, Melissa, and, like, this one is of them so was funny. Free, and one of them was like two dollars. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I feel like romance novels are not expensive. Guys. No, so, like you could go and do it. <laughs> They're like the like the trashy gossip magazines or the trashy gossip. Um, yeah of books but is what I'm reading yeah. but there I there's no judgment or shame because it's a form of I also just think it's really good that it's a good practice to just take time out of your day to read things all we do is like scroll and view and we need you know so much stimulation that reading a book is actually a really good practice which I need to do myself but the thing is, is that I have so, like, a huge, not a huge part, but, like, two hours of my day I spend commuting, take, like, walking right. and taking the train to work. So, like, it's such a great time to consume a book. Oh, totally. You know? And if you can do that, like, and learn something in those commutes and entertain yourself. Yes. Then, like, that's totally worth it. I am a huge proponent of audiobooks. I think it's a great plan. I think you learn so much. And especially if you're not a reader or if you just can't sit still very well, I think yes. it's super, like, I've really, like, really in the last year, I've really, like, leaned into audiobooks. And yes. I feel like I'm way more informed because of it. Yes. So, yeah. yeah but... I, c- I mean, informed, like, this is the book that I'm currently reading. <laughs> pinning, pinning out. Look at those abs. Spinning out. Look at those abs. Spinning Whoa. out. Woo. Wow. Yeah, Magic mic. Yeah, a steamy cover yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Listen, my God. That's awesome. So, like, well, I clearly, I'm really intellectual. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I think that, like, it, this is really cool. I don't think that I've, I mean, I didn't know you when we were reading Harry Potter as kids, but like this is probably the most you've read since Harry Potter, right? Absolutely it is. Yeah. And even during Harry Potter, like I read those books as they came out. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like you read one book like every two years. Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) so this is the most I've ever read ever. Like in this sort of time, this is the most I've ever read. I think that is wild. Like my parents used to pay me during the summers to read. Like it would be (laughs) like, if you read this book, we'll give you $10. (laughs) Like, because (laughs) me and my brother hated reading. And that's how my parents kept us reading through the summers. And 
even then, I was getting paid to read. I didn't read this much. Uh, <laughs> so, that is hilarious. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy to yeah. me. It's crazy to me. Like, I just, everybody that knows me is like, what are you talking about? You're reading? Yes. Like, you weirdo. Yes. Like, um, so, yeah. Oh, my God. And you know what? These may be trashy books, but... I am learning so many new words. Because <laughs> 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 also the Kindle, if you like select yeah. the word, it'll define it for you. Right. And it doesn't do it on the Kindle, but on my iPad, it would pronounce it for me, which is a huge issue. So I was like, oh, so now I'm learning like how to say words, what they mean. <laughs> oh <laughs> so. my gosh. I'm growing, you know. Melissa, this is a game changer. (laughs) Uh, My Twitterverse question is this. What is the best compliment you've received as a nurse or what do you love hearing? And this is by uh, Dr. Beatrice Copps, who is uh, someone I follow on Twitter. She posed this to her followers. And I would like to pose it to you. Okay. It's a good question. I'm not great with taking compliments. So I usually feel very uncomfortable when someone is complimenting me. Yeah. So it's hard to like remember exactly, but I like it when someone compliments me on something I feel insecure about. So like, I mean, I'm sure that that's most people, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, like I think that I am insecure at work about how much like empathy I maybe show because I don't think I show that very well Mm. Um, or I feel very awkward like in in, like emotional situations I just Mm -hmm. want to run like the last thing I want to do is try to comfort somebody I don't feel like I do that well and so if somebody says that I was really comforting then I that that means a lot to me because I don't feel like I'm being that way so I think that's Mm. probably my favorite compliment and then the funny side or funny one is I always think it's so odd every time it happens and it happens a lot is like after you cause harm basically is like or hurt someone like poke them or I guess not cause harm but like hurt them um, with the things you're doing catheterize or like poke them with a needle or whatever and yeah they're always like oh thank you so much and I yeah. just kind of giggle inside every time because I'm like I hurt you though like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh you're you're welcome I guess yeah yeah <laughs> it's the only job in the world where you cause someone pain and they thank you for it <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. just very odd <laughs> that's a great point that's yeah. a great point yeah. um <laughs> anyway what's yours Well, I'll piggyback on yours a little bit. If you have a patient who is like incredibly afraid of needles, they don't like the experience, they're super afraid, and then you do it and they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't feel that. I always am like, that's a win. Like that's the best, one of the best compliments. That's a good one. Another great feeling, although at times it doesn't indicate a positive thing, but when you walk into the room and your colleague says like, oh, thank God you're here because oh, they're yeah. looking for someone they trust that is maybe knowledgeable. That always feels like, oh, oh, thank you that you're happy to see me in, you know, whatever kind of situation right. you're in that you felt you needed somebody to, you know, be there or help you out. Yeah, that always feels That's a good. really good one. 
Yeah, like yeah. compliments from your colleagues is really mm-hmm. nice. Those, I think, are my two favorite. Yeah. Do you have any fun facts? I mean, okay, I do kind of. Okay. I, I'm trying to keep them a little shorter lately, and <laughs> they are a little bit more difficult to come up with as we journey right. through this. But in this episode, and I thought maybe we could just talk about this little part of the episode in my fun facts um, okay. instead of in our the rest of our stuff, just because it's a standalone So Mm -hmm. Carrie Weaver in this episode has a love interest, which I'm very excited Uh about. Yeah. His name is Mulgisi, and he is, like, I don't know if he lives in Africa, but, like, clearly they met in Africa. And so he shows up, and she goes from, like, just her typical Weaver surliness to very loving throws herself at him yes and they have a very intense kiss in the hallway yeah which again so what is with we'll talk about this later i suppose but what is with the pda in your workplace right i agree i agree yeah no let's talk about it now um yeah it's kind (laughs) of crazy i was like i am so (laughs) uncomfortable watching this like i am not uncomfortable with affection but more so well maybe i am a little bit but like i am extremely uncomfortable around affection in a workplace where it's like i know this person professionally and i feel like i'm looking at a really private moment totally totally Yeah, Yeah. and the hospital's just gross. Like, I think we've said that a few times, but, like, it's just not a place for PDA. No, it's really not. And, like, people are dying. Yeah, it's like... It doesn't smell good. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's not the place where you want to, you know, start making out. I mean, I think that Grey's Anatomy, maybe other shows, too, but, like, certain medical shows have made the hospital, like, a sexy place. It is not sexy. I am telling you that much. It is not a place where no. you want to do anything except keep your hands off of surfaces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, Carrie Weaver, whew, she is very into this guy. Yeah. Um, and I just love everybody like staring at them. It was so funny. Um, <sighs> they're just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, who is, who uh, is she? <laughs> And then later in the episode, Harper and Randy are, like, questioning Carrie and are like, who is this guy? Like, how did you guys meet? Like, tell us all the details. And all that Carrie says in response is, I had a farm in Africa. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Are we going to learn more about I was very confused. That? So I don't think so. So I Googled that phrase to see like what it meant like or if there was like some kind of reference like she was referencing something and she was she was referencing Meryl Streep in the movie Out of Africa so I have not seen this movie before I would like to watch it now that I've looked at it because Mm. the movie is about it's basically a love story where she Meryl Streep's character um, her husband gets or buys a coffee plantation in Africa and they move there and she really just married her husband because she was like he was at her 
whatever caste level, like her class in life. Um, mm. They weren't really in love. And then she ends up meeting a farmer out there um, who's Robert Redford. Anyway, and uh. they kind of fall in love. So it makes sense with the context of the movie. Yeah, that Carrie here is just referencing out of Africa. Oh, okay. So, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So cool. that is where it's from. So it's just like a basically fell in love with a- in Africa line. But Interesting. I didn't know this. So I didn't know that so, yeah. So that's okay. my fun fact. Cool. Cool, cool, <laughs> it's cool. From cool, out cool. of Africa. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I haven't seen that movie. It's very popular. It's very famous. So I, I maybe s- need to watch that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Maybe that's, yeah, it's worth a watch for sure. Uh, This episode is titled A Miracle Happens Here. It was written by Carol Flint and directed by Mimi Leader. It aired on December 14th, 1995. A brief synopsis of the episode. It's Christmas time in the ER and it's filled with miracles. Hathaway hosts a Christmas party and receives a surprising gift when she treats a patient who looks like Santa Claus. A Holocaust survivor who was carjacked awaits word on her missing grandchild. Jeannie tries to stop gang members from seeking revenge for the murder of their beloved priest. And Dr. Green spends Christmas in the ER as he copes with his wife's affair and the deposition of the Jody O'Brien lawsuit. Heavy. Heavy, heavy. Heavy. That's a lot for Mark. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, big time. Um, What are your jewels for this episode? Oh, I liked it. You know what? I don't know what it is about Christmas episodes, but I really do like them a lot. They give me warm, fuzzy feelings for some reason. Yeah, they are pretty good. I give it, yeah, I give it like a solid 200, I'd say. Okay. I was going to actually say exactly the same thing. 200. (laughs) We are so in sync. Look on the at same us. page. We are on the <laughs> same page. Yeah. That is great. Okay, cool. Go us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. So we do need to drink because we have, again, someone sleeping at the beginning of the episode. So do you cheers. Think cheers. <laughs> do you think they're doing this on purpose? I do. <laughs> yeah, I do think so. Is there like some sort um, of uh, yeah. cool fact? I don't know. Something that we can see it I, yeah, I don't why I don't know what is the artistic significance of this wake up yeah it's an interesting one I'm not really sure why they keep doing this but I mean it seems to be the theme yeah I mean, <laughs> um, and I'm not mad sure. about it it's great it's cool but it's just yeah I'm, I'm curious why tell us, tell us why you're yeah, doing totally. why you're making this choice yeah so uh, this time it's Shep that's waking up which is a change and he is at Carol's new house so he is making himself mighty cozy there he, he sure is and he wakes up and it is freezing in the house the house is a disaster the furnace went out the night before and Carol is already up and she like ran out to try to go get some firewood to start a fire in their newly discovered fireplace and like chef comes down like wrapped in the comforter like it's just this house i tell ya like why are you living in this house right now like there is a hole in the roof it's snowing through that hole like i just i can't imagine um <laughs> it's pretty crazy i know <laughs> oh, it just yeah. reminds me of like just canadian winters 
And I mean, we have excellent heating and there's usually no problems with that, um, you know, most of the time. But I, it just reminds me of waking up to a cold house with a dad, a father who, you know, hates turning up the thermostat. Like, wear a sweater. (laughs) You just wake up, you're like, "Uh, uh." did you ever as a child, um, (laughs) like in the morning when the heat was turned on, did you ever like sit and put your t-shirt over the vent in the bathroom? Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, not necessarily in the bathroom, but yes, I used to do that all the time. (laughs) We, my brother and I used to fight over the the heating grate who could sit on it (laughs) it'd be like a battle on the bathroom floor (laughs) it was great so funny oh that's awesome i'm born and raised in canada and i would not be living in carol's house like i am very comfortable in the cold and there's no way i would be there it is looks very cold so and like they live in chicago you think they'd know that like they're used to this to a certain extent so anyway it's kind of crazy i do understand your furnace going out it's a terrible situation um, yes when it's cold and snowing outside and that's always when they go out right Uh. so i've had a few problems with that in the past and yeah it's rough Oh, that's so rough. rough. That is so rough. So then we go to the department and carolers are singing for like staff and for the patients. And Mm -hmm. initially I was like, oh, wow, like carolers stopped by. That's kind of cool. I wish we had that. And then at the end, we discover that they're actually staff from the recovery room and they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it just made me laugh so much because Susan says, like, recovery has way too much time on their hands to, like, be rehearsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just the sentiment. Like, I don't think I've ever had, like, another staff come and, like, have a big competition or anything like that. But, but yeah, like, it's just... The st- it's the right sentiment, right? Like, Emerge is tired, overworked, like, just crazy exhausted, super busy, like, barely have time to get all of their work in. And, like, not saying that the recovery, like, the recovery room is very busy as well. But yes. it's just the way that we see ourselves in Emerge. It's very, like... Oh my God, how do they have time to have any life other than this, right? Like, it's just, it's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. That is so true. Uh, That is so true. And like, you know, I mean, we are very strict about breaks now, but a lot of emergency departments these days don't even, you're lucky if you get a break in, you know? So like, right. and, and I, you know, yeah, sometimes there are days when we don't, but typically now with unions and things like that, they're very strict about going for break. But in this particular department, I'm sure at in the 90s in the US, it was a free for all. If you can go, great. If you can't, too bad. Like, right. It's right. it. That's yeah. it for you. <laughs> well, and I think just like energy level wise, at the end of a shift, you just don't have the energy to then go to like a rehearsal for something like this right like yes. to sing carols yeah like you just don't have the energy after shift like you could have gotten all your breaks in and you still are exhausted at the end so like you're just not gonna then be like hey let's get together and like practice christmas carols like it's yeah it's just kind of funny it, it just the 
so true. mentality in this scene was just so hilarious and so spot on. So um, that is so funny. Yeah. So, yeah. And then one of the carolers says that they can't wait to hear the Emerge staff later that day um, because the agreement, I guess, was for them to also come and sing to the recovery room later. Oh, my God. And as if uh, everybody is like, oh, what? Who agreed to that? And apparently Carol had agreed to this. Carol! So, (laughs) So Halei says something that made me laugh. She's just like, "Hmm, I'm sorry that I'm going to miss Carol's solo. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) uh, I thought that was pretty funny. All the best to you, Um, Carol. You'll be going by yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we go to Mark, who is um, sitting in this like waiting area with his lawyer, and he's waiting to go in for a deposition um, about the O'Brien case from last season, uh, where he lost the new mother during the delivery of her son. So Mark's lawyer tells him um, that the case is going to go on for a long time. So like kind of hunker down, but they'll ultimately try to avoid going to trial and they're going to try to settle this. Mark is a little like put off by like the the fact that they want to settle because he's like, well, that's going to permanently go on my record. And the lawyer is like, well, it's better that we settle and that goes on your record than for us to go to trial and potentially lose one and a half million dollars of the hospital's money like that's gonna look way worse on your record yeah so yeah it's just a little it's a little bit of an awkward situation really sad and then mark is going to the washroom uh before the deposition and he runs into sean o'brien who is the husband and his he's with his son and it's just like so tense. So I was like, oh, like not a very Merry Christmas for uh, Mark right now. I know, hey. <clears throat> yeah. Dealing with a lawsuit just like, oh, very stressful. I can't imagine. Well, I've never had to do anything court related, which I'm very happy about. I know, so. me neither. And I think like even just in this moment when he sees the kid and everything before he goes into the room, my stomach just sank. I was like, this this must be awful what an awful I because I just think you know you go into this profession to help people the last thing you ever want to do is in, is to inflict harm um right and then you're in this you find yourself in this sort of situation it just must be heartbreaking oh totally totally yeah, yeah. And you're delving into a world that you don't understand, right? Like, we don't really understand the legal world at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of difficult to, especially, I think, as a physician where you're used to, like, knowing what to expect and knowing, like, being in kind of control and then being put into this situation where, like, your career is potentially at stake and, like, you already feel, like, really terrible about it. Yeah. And then, and this is something that you just don't understand, right? Like, you're just kind of following this lawyer's direction. You're like, okay, like, I don't know. It's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, so true. It is so much, like, what, so much pressure. (gasps) Poor Mark, poor Mark. Yes, absolutely. Not very festive. No. Um, so then we go to Carter, who's um, 
chasing after Dr. Benton. He really wants to be uh, or to go into the surgery that Benton is doing today. Um, but Benton is not having it because he's like, you didn't finish all the charts last night. Carter's like, well, I was talking to this family. I was trying to like reassure them, blah, blah, blah. And probably the last thing you should be telling Benton, he's like, I don't give a shit. Like you have to finish this work. And if you don't finish the work, then you're not coming into the surgery. <laughs> so Carter doesn't get to observe initially anyway. And then later, Dr. Vuselich, um, as they're about to go into the operation that Carter wanted to be a part of, um, Dr. Vuselich says that they have to, like, that tells them to stop scrubbing in because the surgery has been canceled. The patient kind of revoked his uh, consent for it. Everyone is a little, like, annoyed because they're like, well, we really wanted to get this last surgery in before the end of the year I don't know why that matters but anyway mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it must be some business thing um <laughs> so so then Dr. Vuselich kind of uh, talks to Benton and is like you know it's really important as a like cutting-edge surgeon to be able to talk to patients to be able to convince them to do these surgeries to like explain to them what's going on and support them through their decisions and so he's like, let's go talk to the patient and maybe you can try to convince them to say yes to the surgery again. And I just loved everything about this scene. Like, so they go <laughs> in, they start talking to this gentleman, his children are there and he, they, uh, Dr. Benton starts to try to explain the procedure again. And this guy's like, I don't really understand any of the stuff that you're saying. Like, I don't really care what the techniques are. I, I'm not going to do the surgery because my wife is scared and she doesn't want me to do it. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then uh, Carter comes walking in with his arm around the wife and he's been talking. This is the wife that he was talking to all night instead of doing the charts that Benton wanted him to do. And her name is Maisie. And Maisie. She, he's just like, I'm, I know that you're concerned and I totally understand. You have every right to be concerned. And Carter has already convinced her um, to change her mind to have her husband do the surgery. And so I just love this moment because like Dr. Vuselich is just like, wow, what an incredible student. And Benton has been like giving Carter shit about this all morning. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just loved it. I loved every second of it. Oh, and wow. then it gets so much better, too, because then Dr. Vuselich, um tells or asks Carter if he would join them in the OR, which is what Carter wanted this whole time. So he's like, yes, I will, of course. Um, and during the surgery, Dr. Vuselich tells Benton that he's very lucky to have a student like Carter who communicates with patients really well he can explain things he can convince them to do things um, he's very supportive and Dr. Benton's like yeah I guess I am lucky to have a student that talks to patients well and then Carter does this the cutest little thing he like bounces like he's like kind of behind the two um, and <laughs> they're talking about him like right in front of him and yes. Benton has to admit that he's good uh, to Dr. Vuselich and Carter does this thing. He's like, he like bounces up and down. Yeah. He's so excited. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really cute. I I rewatched that moment a couple of times because it was so cute. <laughs> so I liked it a lot. I loved it too. He has some of the best moments where like just this like 
physical comedy, these moments that it's like just make me howl. He is so great. I love him. I totally, I totally agree with you on the physical co- comedy thing. He does that so well. Yes. And like he just, like it doesn't, he doesn't have to have a line or be involved really in the scene. And he's hilarious. Like you can't take your yeah. eyes off him. He's wonderful. Yeah. And it's yeah, like a I little really bit like understated him. too. It's almost like it looks as if it's not supposed to be part of the shot, but then it is. Yes, yes, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, he makes such good choices with his acting. I love it. Yes. All right. So then Shep brings in an unconscious woman named Hannah, and she was carjacked and basically pulled from the car. Mark notices that she's got tattooed numbers on her arm, and he and Shep have to tell Malik what that means, that she's a Holocaust survivor. And I just was kind of like, what school did Malik go to? And he doesn't understand that's a Holocaust (gasps) tattoo. I don't know. I was, I I thought that was kind of funny. I know. I mean, I understand that for the show, they just needed somebody to ask so that they could explain. But I was just like, Malik, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think nowadays, even if you just had a shot of the tattoo and people just looking at each other and noticing the tattoo, that would be enough. Everybody would understand what that is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Malik is a well-educated guy. Like, you'd think that he'd know. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Uh, Hannah regains consciousness. So she... She regains consciousness at some point through this, and she asks about her granddaughter, Tirza, and where is she? Apparently, Tirza was in the back seat of the car when she was driving, and probably the carjackers, like, didn't notice that there was a baby there Mm -hmm. uh, when they took the car from her. Anyway, she was very stressed out about where her granddaughter was, and... So Mark has Halle call the police to try to locate her, um, which is really terrifying. I was like, ah. Yes. I think also, like, and not that I support carjacking in any way, shape, or form, but (laughs) um, the carjackers, can you imagine being a carjacker and, like, you pull the driver out and you just get into the car. You're not going to look in the back seat for a baby, right? Like, and then drive away and then later you're like oh shit there's a baby like that would be yeah very scary (laughs) for the poor carjackers we need a camera in that vehicle like oh right i bet you next time he jacks a car he's gonna look through the car before he takes it in the back seat that's all we ask while they are going to be looking or while they've told the police that there there is a baby that's missing hannah really needs to go for a cat scan um, of her head and she's refusing basically any kind of diagnostic or treatment because she is just so worried about her granddaughter um and she ends up saying i'm gonna pronounce this totally wrong but <laughs> luck luck in cup luck in cup Mm-hmm. which it is Yiddish for a hole in head. And she basically says that, like, she, I don't know, she it's her excuse for not going for the CT scan. I didn't really understand how that makes sense. But yeah. um, 
But Mark understands her Yiddish and he says that like, no, it's so that we make sure that you don't have a lock and cup. And that's what convinces her to end up going for the CAT scan because she, I think she's just really happy to like come across somebody that understood her. Yeah. So yeah, so she ends up uh, going for the testing that she needs. And also then I was like, is Mark Jewish? Like, I didn't know this. Yeah, I didn't catch that either, but I think, or maybe he's just got a good understanding. Maybe he just knows. Yeah, I mean, I later know. he does tell her that his mom is a, a what does he say? You, you know Yiddish, Dr. Green? A little from my grandmother. But you are a religious man. I'm the son of an agnostic Jew and a lapsed Catholic. You're not good at all. I, I can't ask you, you to pray for my family. <laughs> well, I can try. So oh. one of his parents is... Is Jewish. Oh. Yeah, so kind of interesting. Learn a little oh. bit about Mark. That is cool. Yeah. So just to continue on with this story, so Mark ends up chatting with Hannah. Like, he has a really lovely, he has a few lovely chats with her. And so he's talking to her after her CT scan. And I'll enter a clip of their conversation here because it's pretty beautiful. Like, it just, I really loved yeah. them together. Yes. Missing a short time. Don't give up. I guess I don't have to tell you that. Mm -hmm. well, it's easier when you're young. You know nothing else. They call you a dirty Jew in school. You've seen the worst of people. And the best. This little baby. She's so sweet. They just wanted the car. I don't think they would hurt her. But they would. No, you go on. After you have seen evil, you laugh, you, you work, you, you have children, you don't let it own you. That's your revenge, to live. then something like this and you know that it can all be taken away we still hope for the best yeah you know what i was thinking when i was upstairs here in this, this, this machine lying so still i did something that i stopped doing 50 years ago, I prayed to God. Ugh, ugh. Doesn't that just Isn't like... Isn't that awful? Yes. That is terrible. Awful. That your norm <sighs> is it, like feeling that you're just used to the harassment. Right? Jeez. Like that her norm was being called a dirty Jew. Like, Jeez. It's wow. terrible. Terrible. 
Yeah. And I think, um, like, that's one thing, I mean, right now in the climate of Black Lives Matter and gender issues, COVID, you know, there's so much happening in our world and things that are really important. One thing, and I think there's still, there's more discussion about it now, how prevalent still to this day anti-Semitism is. It's so understated that people who are not Jewish don't really notice it because we're not like alerting ourselves to it or necessarily aware. But it's even just more recently, people have been pointing out things like in Harry Potter, like there's some anti-Semitic ideas that I had no clue were anti-Semitic. You know, like the goblins. No, what's anti-Semitic in Harry Potter? So basically, you know, the goblins at Gringotts Bank. So they're... They work in a bank, which is a stereotype of the Jewish community, have lots of wealth. They're tricky. They'll try to take advantage of you, um, like kind of rip you off. That's a stereotype. Long, uh, prominent noses. Oh. Yeah. Yes. And I think even during the occupation, there were caricatures of Jewish people that were, that resembled what goblins look like. Yeah, it's... Again, I would have never, because, you know, I'm so ignorant of so many things as a, a privileged white woman, that you, I had no idea that, yeah. that, that that was even remotely anti-Semitic. But it is. Yeah. And it's like... The, well, I've never, I've never seen those caricatures at all. Right. In, yeah. like, if you delve deep into most conspiracy theories... A lot of them have a very strong undertone of anti-Semitism. That in the end... 100%. Yes. In the end, it ends up being the Jewish population that is at fault and that is the problem. Right, right. Especially now with like QAnon and stuff. Yes. It's getting so much worse, right? Like it's getting... Yes. Crazy. And like, it's it's actually crazy. Yes. <laughs> like, and it is shocking. Jewish people are responsible for all this shit. Yes. Like, I just, what? Like, it is still, it is surprising to me, and I forget that anti-Semitism still exists, despite such a recent time in our history that we've had a massacre, a huge massacre of that population. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that, that some people, like, part of, Q, like, QAnon, conspiracy some of it is like that the holocaust didn't even exist like that it didn't happen yeah which is so it is so incredibly offensive yes to believe in something like that you know like so offensive create a conspiracy like that yeah it's just it's wild to me holy we went on a huge tangent we need to get back on track huge tangent (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's go. Um, Okay, so yeah, they have the lovely little conversation. Um, They end up finding, just to conclude that story, they end up finding um, the infant um, and return it to, or return Tirza to Hannah. And um, yeah, so everything ends up in a good situation. And they, the family ends up joining her and they celebrate Hanukkah in the emergency department, which is kind of lovely and mark is a part of it and it's just wonderful oh, it's just so anyway nice. wholesome yeah yeah so then on the lighter side of this episode um there's kind of a couple of incidences here where susan is being consulted on jewelry so al hmm. the police officer 
um, shows Susan these ruby earrings that he bought for Lydia for Christmas. So I guess like him and Lydia are dating. Like, did we know this already? Uh, No, I don't think we did. I think this is like a big update. Yeah, because like I think that there was some flirting in season one. Right. Right. But then I don't remember them ever like agreeing to a date. That we saw Yeah, anyway. you're right. Since season one, we haven't really heard if they actually were together. I guess I just, I think I assumed that they were. There were a few little snippets here and there that showed them interacting that I was like, oh, I guess they're together. But I was just, just assuming that. Yeah. I didn't have okay. any confirmation. But, confirmation. but we have confirmation. Well, no, I guess we've yeah. got some confirmation. We've got confirmation now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, he's really excited about these ruby earrings. And then later we have Carter also coming to Susan because he's bought some diamond, real diamond earrings for Harper. Coming on a little strong. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. But like, whoa. Yeah. Um, And Susan is so funny. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to like them. They're great. They're great. And then he's like, they're not too much. And he asks if they're not too much, like too many times. And then Susan's like, are these real? Yeah, like, like yes, this is too much. (laughs) Like, Like, yeah, they're just a family heirloom. uh, It's fine. (laughs) They're not a family heirloom. I can see him doing that. I can see him being like, hey, mom, you know this like ancient family heirloom we have? Can I give it to my girlfriend of one month? Do you mind? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Carter really dives in, I have to say. Yeah, he certainly (laughs) does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carol is trying to gather the troops kind of throughout the episode to do this caroling in the afternoon. Um, but no one is interested. Everybody has an excuse. Like, I'm tone deaf. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't like attention is what uh, uh, Randy's excuse is. And like, she's like, I don't like people looking at me. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, you dress yeah. like you want everyone to look at you. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Surprising, but okay. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, so Carol ends up taking care of this guy who, like, he's hurt his hand. I think it was, like, a cut or something on his hand. And he looks a lot like Santa Claus. Um, and his name, I didn't write it down, but it's, like, an anagram for Santa Claus, basically. Mm. I think it's Stan Klaus or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and... Yeah, and so there's kind of like, she just really enjoys taking care of him throughout the episode. And then, and he like makes toys for as a living. Like there's lots of parables um, to him being Santa. Anyway, um, just before he is discharged, he tells Carol that um, she has to kind of grab Christmas spirit from within and not rely on other people to have the Christmas spirit for her or give her christmas spirit and so she she takes that advice and she's like yeah i'm gonna just go and sing the christmas carols myself so she kind of tells everybody that she's going upstairs to um do the caroling and i will insert a clip here of them (laughs) of them singing because carol starts singing by herself and she's singing 12 days of christmas and then very supportively, the rest of the Emerge staff comes up to help her finish the song, and it's cute. <laughs> Four 
calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Twelve tone deaf doctor. Eleven's Lord's alording. Ten drummer's drumming. Nine something something. Eight maids a milking. Seven swa a swat. Six geese a gagging. And then I notably Dr. Benton is not there singing Christmas carols with them, which I'm not surprised by at all. Yeah. Um, but what I was surprised by is that after the Christmas carols, we get a shot of Dr. Benton kind of lying in an on-call room and he's reciting scripture about um, Jesus's birth. And I just like kind of thought that was kind of sweet. Yeah. Like, well, Benton just reciting it to himself. And then as he's doing that, Lily, uh, the nurse, kind of runs in and gives a report on a patient saying that um, a LOL with sudden back pain, diaphoretic, sweaty, or diaphoretic, or I mean to describe that in layman's terms, it means sweaty, <laughs> um, and shortness of breath, and her BP is 20, 120 on 140. And I was like, what on earth is LOL? Like, I did not know what that meant. So I was like, it, I'm pretty sure she's not talking about laugh out loud. So yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I kind of scoured the internet, and it means little old lady. Huh. Which I've never heard before. So I, I haven't know. heard that either. We'll have to ask Sherry if that's a thing. Like yeah, say, that's a good idea. Sherry will let yeah. us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's listening, so yeah, she'll yeah. tell us. <laughs> Sherry, if you're listening, tell us, please. So then they have been talking about this staff Christmas party throughout the episode. And that's going to happen that night. But the party ends up being canceled because the location is snowed in. And so Carol just kind of off the cuff says that she wishes that she could have the party at her house, but there's no walls, no heat or roof. So unfortunately couldn't do that. But Shep interjects and he's like, well, I got the fireplace working and everyone just seems to think that that's the perfect location and invite themselves all over and party yeah. at Carol's. Um. I love this so much because like it was just... It was so sweet. I just, it, you really see how much of a family they are because she's like, well, guys, like, I don't have any food. Like, there's no heating. I don't have drinks. And they were Whoa. like, oh, we'll go to the grocery store. Like, yeah, we'll go to the market before we get over. And like, yeah, we'll just wear coats. And it was just really sweet. I really liked it. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And this is very emerged culture. I think this is very true. Absolutely. Like, we definitely like to have a good time. Yes. Um and like gatherings like this happen quite frequently like we do do a christmas party but uh also do many other parties kind of throughout yes um, yes time you know absolutely yeah. emerge yeah. nurse like we absolutely know how to have a good time 
We, and we definitely do Absolutely. when we all get together. It is rowdy. And I will say, this is another area where Sherry has the best stories. Like, she probably can't <laughs> disclose them to us on publicly. Like, she's told us about them. But she wouldn't be able to tell everybody <laughs> on the podcast what they got up to. But her generation, they were so much more rowdy than we ever were. Like... Totally. So rowdy. I think that we're fairly rowdy. I, so yeah. like it's yeah, they it's impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I do these like I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I do like retirement books for people. Well, I guess I used yeah. to. Um haven't done one in a while. Yeah. But retirement books for people who are retiring and like all the photos of everybody and mm-hmm. stuff. Um and going through all of those photos, like the early days um they just have like they're in our break room there's albums and albums and albums of photos from like way back in the day um of them partying and they used to have like a golf tournament every year like they used to do a ton of stuff and it was just really fun to look through all that stuff and see how many parties they had they had a ton (laughs) so uh yes yes yeah, and they got up to, like, I remember talking to one of our colleagues who has since retired, but she is one of my favorite people to this day to work with because she just has no filter. She's incredibly crass, and she just loves to have a good time. <laughs> and she was telling us, she's like, I'm so glad. She's like, I am so, so glad that social media did not exist back then because she was like we would have gotten into so much trouble like (laughs) um okay so basically everybody and their dog shows up to carol's house at the end of the episode even benton shows up um i gotta say i was very surprised by yeah i'm shocked he's not studying yeah (laughs) yeah exactly he needs to have a good time Him and Jeannie have a little conversation, which I was like, ooh. Um, So, uh, what is it? Uh, So, yeah. So, Jeannie very nicely says that um, she was thinking about Benton and that she was like, it's got to be a hard Christmas this year. It's the first one without your mother. And he tells her that his mom made him memorize that Bible verse that he was reciting earlier and that she would always want him to recite it on Christmas Eve. And I thought that was really sweet. And then Benton, um, like, so, and then actually Jeannie just starts reciting it. Like she knows the passage that he means, which I thought, I was like, oh, they should be together. I want them to be together. I have a prediction. Ooh, let's hear it. Uh, My prediction is that they're going to be together. I think they're absolutely going to get together. They're going to get married. They're going to have kids. And they're going to be this power couple. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, that'd be so great. I'd be so in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ship long term. I'm shipping Doug and Carol, Jeannie and Peter. And those are my for sure ones. And my maybes are... Mark and Susan. Mm. But I feel like if anything, they're going to be like a one night thing and then they're going to realize like we're better off just friends. Oh, okay. What about Carter and Harper? What's the long term look for them, do you think? Uh, no. 
No? They're yeah. not going to last. Okay. No. Okay. No, not going to last. They're going to okay. be like a thing for a little bit, but. All right. All right. I like it. Um, all right. So <laughs> then in this, okay, this part just mortified me. So, <laughs> so Shep finds Carol <laughs> in the kitchen and he just like, I mean, it was very cute, but also I was just like freaking out myself. If this had happened to me, I would have been losing it. Um, so he just announces <laughs> that he loves her, which is fine. Totally fine. I was okay with that part. Okay. But then. Okay. He goes further. <laughs> um, and he says that he wants to spend his life with her. And then he doubles down. Uh, I want to have kids with you. Dude. Uh, <laughs> like, um, and then he's. It's so You okay. met her like a minute ago. Like they've been dating for three months. Like slow it down, sir. Um, but yeah. So he. Yeah. He tells her he loves her. He says he wants to have a life with her. He says he wants to have or wants to have kids with her. And then he tells her, like, don't say anything. Don't think about it. Just say yes. And I was like, are you proposing? Like, I just. <laughs> it was. I found it very stressful <laughs> to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, I was f- absolutely freaking out through this entire scene i did not like it <laughs> like yes um but carol oh, seemed to like it so i mean she was like go back to the first thing that you said say i love you again anyway um so it clearly it clearly did not terrify carol as it terrified me i was very scared <laughs> i was like oh my god this is too much too soon too quick <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah but she's into it she didn't say it back but oh, that's a good she, point. So I think she just, that's she true. likes him and she doesn't want to not be with him right now. But she's like, not there yet. She's like, not at the same place he is. Right. Like, he's like, clearly head over heels. And she's like, we're dating. <laughs> I'm like, mm, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been yeah. like a week. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow your <Yeah>. roll. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, And then we... Yeah end the episode oh i didn't talk about earlier so um earlier in the episode mark was talking to jennifer on the phone and he is very angry and he Mm -hmm. was like you like you're the one that cheated on me like why am i getting punished um by not being able to have rachel like during christmas and like this is ridiculous um which i totally agree with him yeah And then, and Jen wanted to yeah. keep Rachel for a few extra days after Christmas when she was supposed to come back to Mark. And he was really pr- pissed off about that. But then we end the episode with Mark talking to Rachel on the phone uh, and promising that Santa will find her at her grandparents' house, which is just very, like, a kid question to ask. And then yeah. she is actually asking if she can stay. She wants to go to this party with her cousins. And so he is agreeable to that. And um, and then he kind of promises that they'll have a their own, their own special post-Christmas, post-Hanukkah, pre-New Year's Day celebration. And she gets to his place. So <laughs> um, and then he goes just kind of back to work and... Uh, we end the episode with a snowball fight in the emerge at 
in the front of the emergency doors. So yeah, it was very uh, lovely Christmas episode. Cool. It was so wholesome. And I think if we can, we should definitely put a little Christmas jingle to take us out of here. Yeah, I think so too. Like the last Christmas episode. Yeah. 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 I like it. Done. (laughs) Even though this episode will probably be released in like the beginning of summer yeah that's but. okay we're talking about a christmas episode that's we gotta okay. have some christmas music in it yeah i yeah. totally agree yep okay and it's covid times the time the time all blends together exactly exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's a great idea yeah so i overall really enjoyed this episode there was a lot to unpack i think yeah me too and it was just like yeah, a lot happened, and I also, like I said again, I love Christmas episodes of every show. I just am into yeah. them. They make me feel totally. good. I honestly, part part of me one day for a Christmas tradition, I guess it's not a tradition because it would be new, but I want to one day like just go through all of the Friends Christmas episodes for Christmas. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe I'll go through all of the ER Christmas episodes. There you go. Or just do like a bunch of shows, just their Christmas episodes. That's a great plan. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot, actually. I might Done. do that next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. We should do it together. Well, we like, should do it be, together. Anyways, yeah. Like, Zoom yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm yeah. into it. all right well that's all we have for you guys don't forget to rate subscribe and review the show on apple podcasts or if you can do the same on whatever platform you listen on that would be so awesome we love it we love to hear from you all and um we will see you next week yeah see you next week guys bye bye (laughs) ding 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 Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. This episode is created, edited, and produced by your hosts, Melissa and Julie. Music by Chris Yemes, photography by Ainsley Cardoso-Wagner, and photo editing by none other than your hosts, Melissa and Julie. You can find us on Instagram at erdebriefedpodcast or now on Twitter at erdebriefed. We post updates with new content on there as much as we can. You can also email us at erdebriefed at gmail.com with comments, questions, suggestions, and more. We try to respond as quickly as possible, and we always appreciate hearing your feedback. Thanks again.